What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Keep It Posy podcast. My name is Jasmine, and this is episode 100. 100 episodes is something I never thought would happen with this podcast because at the time of launching it, back in June of 2020, I don't know if anybody knew what was going to happen with anything. All this said, thank you for tuning in. Whether you've been here since the beginning or just learned about the podcast, if you've been a guest on the podcast, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who's been spreading the word. This has been a really cool experience. Some of you may already know this, but keepitposy.com will be taking a break. I don't know how long it's going to be. At the moment, any coverage being posted to the site is coverage that was already promised. This is a decision that I made late last month. And I am a little bit sad, but the break is much needed. I'm not sure how long the break will be, but the podcast will remain active. The plan at the moment is is to release 10 episodes in 2023 with episode 101 being released on February 1st of next year. There will be a new episode out on the first of every month with episode 110 being released on November 1st. That is the plan for now. All this said... With the help of this week's guest, we are going to learn about this week's nonprofit organization featured in the Posse Spotlight. Hope for the Day is a nonprofit movement empowering the conversation on proactive suicide prevention and mental health education. 700,000 suicides are reported each year, with many more going unreported. In the U.S. alone, over 130 individuals complete suicide on a daily basis. Through outreach, education, and action, Hope for the Day can equip people with the right tools to be proactive in their communities. Proactive prevention is about creating an environment that doesn't wait for someone to reach a point of crisis to address their mental health. In doing proactive prevention, individuals step up to take action and facilitate the conversation on mental health in their spaces. To learn more or make a donation to Hope for the Day, you can visit hftd.org. This week's episode features Rob of Friend Club Records. Friend Club Records was launched in 2020, and in this episode, we talked about the label, how he got into music, Jimmy Eat World, and more. After you give this episode a listen, I urge you to give the Friend Club roster a listen. You're guaranteed to find a new favorite band. Here is my conversation with Rob on the Keep a Posse podcast. Well, if you wake up tomorrow feeling like it's Thursday, at least the plus would be that the weekend is closer. Yep. 
Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. As long as as long as we don't get the four feet of snow we're supposed to get over the next two days here in Buffalo, we'll be all right. Okay, I was about to ask where you're located. Yeah. Um, are you at least working from home? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I haven't. I haven't worked in an office for seven years, so. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, because I can only imagine um, all the shoveling you got to do in the morning and all that. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an adventure. When I was little, I'm like, oh snow! How come we don't get it? It's like, oh cool, you know what? Maybe you don't want it. No, that's <laughs> great when you're little, and it's like, oh. This is this is fun. I get to go out and play in it. And then as you get older, it's it's a pain in the neck. But I'll take snow over smog or hurricanes or whatever else the rest of the country has. Right? Like if I've got to pick something, snow's the one I'll take. Yeah, we get the fires out here, um, and they're never really close to where I live, but. Um, you know, they've been talking about the big one for so long now that I just, whenever it happens, I guess we'll see. Yeah. But we're here to talk about music. Yeah, let's, let's do that and let's keep it positive. We started off on a really poor note. <laughs> it's so good. It happens. You know, we keep it positive, but we also know that there's a reality out there that sometimes we cannot always be positive because we have some bad stuff to deal with every now and then but you do a thing outside of your day job and you run a label what made you decide to start the label so i've loved record labels and the thought of a, of a record label um since i was i was a kid like i, I just i've always been excited by the idea of record labels and and the fact that a, a label can have an aesthetic that is is theirs and follow and following that aesthetic um so it's always something i wanted to do and then during the pandemic i like just about everybody else on the planet got really bored and one night i turned and well i've been talking to my friend daniel about how we could start a record label and we'd had a few different ideas um and my friend Nicole came to me and was like, you know, I do cassette duplication. I can help you out, help you get off the ground. My friend, my friends Ben and Daniel both had albums that I found out were done. So one night I turned to my wife and I said, I want to lose this much money running a record label. And she's like, would that be something you'd really enjoy? I was like, yeah. And so she's like, okay, that sounds like it could work. You just got to make sure you don't lose more than agreed amount of money probably at 20 or 30 times that at this point in time is versus what I'd initially agreed to. But uh, yeah, so it was, um, I don't know. And it's just a, a, a place to build a community. And I think we've, we've tried to do that and, and be a, our, our own iteration of a friend club, whatever that is. So try to live out the name, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I like the name too. Um, it's very fitting. So the wow, okay. So the label was started during 
it, COVID. Yep. Okay. Wow. I for some reason thought that it was launched before that. Our first release was June of 2020, and we are going to put out our 95th release um, in January. So, yeah, we've in two and a half years we've we've put out a few a, a few things here and there. Kept ourselves busy. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so you talk about how you've always loved the idea of records and record collecting, and obviously I could see by what is behind you back there. <laughs> um, that's a lot. But what was your introduction to music and musically? How did you, how, well, I mean, we know how you got to all, all the way where you're at now with, with the label, but as even before you launched the label, like how, what, what has your journey been with music? Yeah, let's, let's, let's walk through that one. That's a, um, so when I, I, I grew up a, a preacher's kid, um, homeschool kid, right? So I've got that little bit of that awkward homeschool kid stigma going with me. But uh, when I was um, 12, I think, maybe 11, one of my early hockey teammates came over to my house and brought a cassette of Green Day's Dookie, and it completely blew my mind. And I, I shifted in, in that one afternoon from thinking that my dad's Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith tapes were cool to... Um, falling in love with punk rock. And so it, it went from there. Um, I, I got really into Tooth & Nail Records um, from from an early age. Uh, the first CD I ever bought with my own money was MXPX is on the cover, which I then had to return because it was covers of secular songs and it wasn't, it wasn't the right content according to my parents. Uh, so that was an adventure. But um, so then... I was a like a punk ska kid through high school and um, went and saw the Juliana Theory open for Sensefield, which is one of my biggest regrets in my life that I didn't stay for Sensefield that night. But I saw the Juliana Theory and fell in love with the emotion and the, the passion in, in their music that night. And so that's where emo came into my life. Um, went to college, discovered that there was a lot more than what I could buy in the Christian bookstore that I worked at as, as a kid. Um, and so saw bands like The Faint and the American Analog set and finally saw Sensefield, saw all sorts of bands all over the, um, the, the East Coast and just really fell in love with the uh, really the diverse, the diverse world of people and music that isn't like our whole punk rock space. Um, and so I, I kind of like, have, I drifted away from music for a bit when I was trying to be grown up in my 20s and then my 30s realized this was who I am. This is what, what I love. And so um, that's kind of, kind of where I am. And I mean, I can, I can talk about records and music and things that have, have meant so much to me through the years just for days and days. But um, I don't know. It, it, it's a fun journey. And I, I really... Have grown to realize that like this is this is what I love and the, the music I love and it's uh, I like pop songs made by people that are out that are outsiders and I think that there's a lot of really good songs written by people who are 
not trying to fit within the, the confines of pop culture. And that's, that's I don't know, that's what I'm passionate about. So you talk about your first album, and yep. you talk about um, your musical journey and whatnot. Um, but what was the first concert you ever went to? Um, I went to a lot of a lot. I mean, the, a lot of local shows. I think the I saw probably this Christian music festival that was at the. the now now six flags near me when we saw like supertones and hocus pick and some other in hindsight kind of cheesy stuff that um that that i, I was into at that point in time probably be the first concert it's it's a but i'd say the first show that i went to that was an actual show that i would like look at and be like that that's the milestone is that Juliano theory show that i mentioned that was that that was the one that really i think changed a lot for me how old were you i think i was 16 i wasn't driving yet so i must have been 16 maybe 15. and where was that at uh it was at a place called the showplace theater here in buffalo um which was one of those venues before they changed the smoking policy here where you um it, it had its own natural uh well not natural but that the the smoke was provided by the patrons instead of by a fog machine so you know that that, that cloudy haze that you had at a, at a at a venue at that point in time so you watched the juliana theory um i don't know if i caught this or not maybe you did say it so i'm sorry for asking again but um you already knew of the juliana theory by then I did. It was so I knew of them and I'd listened to because it was Brett from I was like it's Brett from Zayo, and it was them. The the show was them opening for Sensefield, and like I said, I, I skipped out before Sensefield because of curfew, and regretted that for a long time until I finally got to rectify that. Like years later, saw Sensefield before John passed, rest in peace. Um, but uh, yeah, it was I, I had. Listened to the album and it was pop songs. I was like, ah, I don't know, this isn't this isn't punk enough. And then I saw them play, and I was like, okay, no, this is this is legit. This is this is real because it was they were touring. Wow. Um, when you saw them, what? How early in their career was it? Like, had they already put out "Emotion Is Dead"? Yeah, it was. They were touring "Emotion Is Dead." So. It was right. It was relative. Like, there were Pittsburgh bands, so it was relatively right after it came out, and it was just, uh, it was, it was mad. It was magical. They played they, the last song is called Constellation, and there's, uh, it's a like six or seven minute long song on the on the CD, and it's they stretched it out. I think past ten minutes, and just, the just it's it's a moving song the way the guitars build and crescendo and. Um, and it just, and then it ended with just a wall of feedback and just blew my mind, like that level of noise coming from the stage. So that's sick. How, uh, how about you? What was, what was your, what was your, your first show? I think you mentioned it. What was your first show? What's the, what was the moment that it was, that you like seeing bands live was like, this is the thing that I need to do. 
Oh shoot. Okay. Um, I think it took a couple of shows. Um, my first concert I ever went to ever, I was a freshman. Okay. Um, shoot. What we're in twenty twenty two. Dang, it's coming up on like nineteen years now. Um, <laughs> I want to go see Good Charlotte at the Long okay. Beach Arena, and um, they were headlining. And at the time, they were wrapping up the the um, the touring, the second leg of the tour for the Young and the Hopeless. That's okay. like the album that just broke into radio and all that, right? Yep. So Goldfinger and Eve Six opened up that show, and. My brother took me and we had floor tickets and I'm like, dude, this is the coolest thing ever. But at that point, I'm like, I wanted to be a vet. I wanted to be a veterinarian. I'm like, that was my dream. Um, but then the following year in school, I took chemistry and my first semester, I was fine. But second wow. semester, I was kind of struggling a little bit with the class. And I'm like, dude, I cannot hang. I don't know if this is the right career path for me. Um, I mean, I did fine in the end, but I was I was struggling for, for a few weeks there. And I'm like, all right, I think I'm going undecided. And then it didn't take too long for me to figure out that I wanted to do something in music. Okay. So um, finally, by that point, I had already gone to a couple more shows. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, I think this is what I want to do. Um, I, I really, I really didn't know what exactly, but I'm like, I want to do this. What's your favorite thing about music? The community. Like, I, so, so I, I, I tell this not to, I don't know, this isn't to to my own horror, but the past two years I've been at, I've, we've, we've gone to Furnace Fest and we've, we've made a lot of tapes for Furnace Fest working with some bands that are really you know, bands that I'm shocked we've been able to work with. Um, and I haven't gone to a single show when I've been at the festival either, either year because I've enjoyed being part of the community and interacting with people who came by the booth space that we had um, and talking to them. I think to me that's that's what, what this is about. Is It's, it, it, it's a community and we have something that we can all relate with each other about and that, that to me is fantastic that's in alabama yeah oh, okay yeah, yeah we right. went down there the last we went down there the last two years this past year my buddy jeremy and i drove down we drove we drove 13 no sorry 15 hours each way um we did it one day each way and uh the way back he drove I think the first 13 hours and I was like, dude, let me drive. Let me drive. He's like, no, I got this. And he just kept, dude was a machine, but yeah, that's a, that's a drive and a half. Not, not recommended. Do not drive Buffalo to Alabama if you can help it. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. Um, wow, dude, that's awesome. No. Yeah. The community for sure. Cause I don't know about you, dude. When, it, when, I mean, look, yes, I knew people that my close friends in school didn't like the same stuff I liked. Well, a lot of the same stuff that I liked. So it was just a bunch of random kids throughout the school that were listening to the same bands I was. But then um, and not everybody was going to see these bands, though, whenever they were in town. 
And so finally, when you're in college or you're old enough to drive or you finally have your car and you start going to shows, you're all yep. like, dude, where were you guys at when I was first starting to listen to these bands? I found my people. Yep, exactly. It's interesting the the, the path that we all take to get there is, is actually fairly similar, I think. But we all get there and have that moment where it's like, this is this is my space. And I think the internet has really revolutionized and changed that, right? Because you can have those spaces and find those communities easier. And I'm so happy for um, the, the the kids today who have who have social media and can find supportive spaces that, that where the people they can relate to so much easier through things like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, whatever, right? Because we didn't have that when I, when I was a kid. I mean, yeah. My, my space wasn't even a, wasn't even an idea when I was in college. Right. So we were all, you know, using Morpheus and, and, uh, LimeWire to, to get our music. There was no community element to that. LimeWire. Oh, this song is a, the new, my Kim song. Yeah, right. When you start listening. To <laughs> I, for, for the longest time, I I had I had ripped Sergeant Pepper and for and I, for some reason I like my parents didn't have it. I'd never heard Sergeant Pepper growing up. And I had this really crap old man version of fixing a hole and I thought it was like the weirdest song in the middle of the album. And it wasn't. It just was I had this really weird recording that I somehow had downloaded. When I when I downloaded the album, so yeah, it, it made for some interesting times back in the day. How do you keep it posy? <sighs> so I have I have a um, a natural inclination I think to be positive, which is is a I think a, a gift. But also, too, I think it's about the community and the, and the people around me, right? And, like, I have some, some friends that I can go to and be like, I, this sucks right now, and here's, here's where I'm struggling, and they come alongside and, and lift each other up, right? And um, like that, that whole element of, of community is, is how we all build each other up and how we all keep things going forward, keep it positive. Um, it's, it's really special to have people that you can call on and say and, and, and be honest with and be real with and, and have come around you and build you up um but also too like you know give yourself space for grace right and 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 i mean i i don't have it on right now i think i left it upstairs but i've got those you know it's okay to not be okay bracelets that i wear and i remind wear them as a reminder to myself and to those around me it's okay to have bad days it's okay for things to come it's gonna get better it gets better and so I think those types of things are just really important. How about you? Oh, um, well, it always usually depends on what the situation is, right? If I'm not having yeah. a good day, um, take a deep breath, yeah. right? Um, and well, one thing I try to do every day is drink green tea because okay. if i go straight to coffee my anxiety is going to be off the charts and so that doesn't help i i just you know um so i'm like all right dude green 
drink green tea and then later on if you still want coffee go for it um so that's really really important for me um because i i have noticed that the day that i skip the tea and i go straight to the coffee if something goes down i start freaking out and then i look back and i'm like you know that wasn't as bad as i thought it was in the moment um but yeah the tea um Walk my dog every day. There you I, go. I love my dog. Um, so hanging out with my dog. Um, animals are the best, aren't they? So yeah, my dog. And then, of course, the, the music, dude. Um, like you said, like sometimes, you, dude, we all have them. The days you just can't. You can, it's okay to accept, all right, you know what? This day is is not... It hasn't been good. If you feel like you need to cry, then do it. If you got to call a friend, do it. If you need to be by yourself, that's do cool it. too. Like, just yeah. give the people around you a heads up. Hey, you know what? I'm not doing too well right now. I got to hang out by myself for a little bit. And that's cool. I'm, I'm sure they'll understand. It's just, I think it all depends, dude. But I, 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 um, this sounds so cliche, but whatever. I look at the end of the day and say, hey, you know what? I think today was a good day. And I made it through another day and nothing bad happened. Like, oh, someone I care about got hurt or I was in a car accident or, you know, like a life changing thing didn't happen. That was a bad thing, I guess, if that makes sense. So, so let me follow on that one. What's an album that you had on a bad day you can put on and it's going to put a smile on your face no matter what? Oh, geez, that's hard, dude. I'm not going to lie. Um, that's a hard one. But if I had to pick one right now, I would say uh, Futures by Jimmy World. That's a fantastic one. Yeah. Um, fantastic. It's good, right? Yeah, because yeah. I'm 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 thinking about it and like. I think I was talking to someone recently about Jimmy and like, you go back and forth and like Jimmy World's one of those bands where it's like the, the best record is the last one you listen to, right? But I think, in the grand scheme of things, the Futures might be my favorite Jimmy World record, even though my friends would. There would be massive arguments for not put, not putting Clarity at the top of the list, but I think Futures might be the best. Just end to end, straight up rock and roll album that they did. I think it's just a fantastic album. It's kind of underrated, I think. Yeah, dude. Um, I I I don't know. I think for me, like, I mean, it's my favorite album of theirs, too. Yeah. But I understand why a lot of people would be, would pick Clarity, but I for it all depends on the person. There's like yep. a, a certain moment, maybe a certain time period in their life. Like I can tell you where I bought that album and what other album I bought that day. Cause at the time I would buy sometimes a lot of the times when I was, I would buy the albums, I would buy two albums at a time. Okay. So I can tell you where I bought it, what the other album was. And probably even like what month of that year it was the date, obviously, like, I mean, that has to be a really special day, right? 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, that uh, that band. I feel grateful to be alive during their existence. For sure, for sure. What was the other album you bought that day? Oh, it was the first Hawthorne Heights album. Okay. All yeah. Right. Um, and I bought it at I bought them at Target in in Pasadena on Colorado Boulevard. For anybody oh. local, they'll know which one I am talking about. <laughs> I have no idea, but yeah. <laughs> hit that target up. It's probably the best one. What was that? To go hit that target up. It's probably the best one. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, dude. Um, and it was on a Sunday too. I could tell you that much. That album, dude. And so when they toured and played that album in its entirety, forget about it. I, I went to all the dates that I could. That's awesome. Yeah. I know earlier you talked about, um, you know, albums. Obviously, there's going to be albums that just stick with you and, you know. What would you say is the album that means the most to you? It's an interesting spin that means the most. All right, we're going to do this. We're going to answer this in two parts because we're going to go with all time and then currently. So all time. It's probably a gay version by Sigaross. Um, that's just an album that I can put on and feel anytime. I just wouldn't. It just speaks to me. Um, and I have the box set that is just gorgeous and fantastic to look at. And I just love everything about the, the care and effort that that band's put in, puts into all their work, especially that album. Um, right now, uh, it's probably the new role of Tomasi. Um, that's just been really an album that spoke to me a lot this year. Um, going through some personal change and just the, the, the message and, and the way that that they, they, put the harshness and the, the melodic pieces of their music together. I think just, that's just a really fantastic album. I would, I would say that, yeah, that, that that's going to be my final answer there with those two. Have you seen Sigaross live? Yes. Sick, yes. right? Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. I saw Yancey when he was touring Go, and that was one of the most fun. Like, Sigaross live is... is it's like going to church like it's just it's monumental and, and ethereal and nobody's talking or singing <laughs> right. but but yonsu when he toured go like that was just fun and it was really cool to see uh see dean perform in just a like a fun environment like that was just phenomenal but yeah everything about that band like i i, I I appreciate and I'm super stoked about the, the parentheses box set that's supposedly coming sometime soon. And yeah, they're just a, a special band. And the fact they're making a new album um, with, with Justin back in the band is going to be exciting to see. What was the first um, release that Frank Club Records put out? First thing we put out was my friend Ben from Berlin's 
slowcore band called Santa. Um, and it's it's like it's a slowcore alt country. Ben is Ben is pure German, but yet he's the most Americanophile, I guess you could say, out of any German I've ever met. So it's it's fascinating because he has this this lens of Americana from that, that's through a through a Berliner's eyes. Um, and it's it, it's just a really special special album, something I'm really proud that we were able to be a part of. Yeah, that was the first that was the first release. So Rob, thank you so much for hopping on the pod. I'm glad you asked me about it. Do you have any last words, any final message for the people of the internet? People of the internet, go to Taco Bell today. Enjoy whatever your favorite thing on the Taco Bell menu is. And remember to live moss. And also keep it positive. Thanks for having me, Jasmine. I appreciate this. It's been fun. So that was my conversation with Rob. Please do yourself a favor and check out everything that Friend Club Records is doing. If you want to keep up with Friend Club Records online, you can find it on Facebook by searching Friend Club Records. For Twitter and Instagram, you can search using the handle at Friend Club Rex. Thank you again to Rob for being on the podcast. If you haven't yet, please check out the Keep It Posy podcast playlist. You can find it on Spotify and title The World and Its Weight by Riot for Romance and Red Shredder by Wet Tropics have been added to the playlist. Both of these bands are some of the first that I learned about from the Friend Club roster. As always, you can hit me up via email or social media. Even though the website is taking a break, I'll still be checking my email. Keepitposy.com for all the contact info. Thank you again to everyone for listening to another episode of the Keep It Posy podcast. Please take care of yourself and watch out for each other. I hope you have an awesome rest of the year and whatever you celebrate, I hope you have a great holiday season. Stay posy always and remember, life is like a mosh pit. If you see someone fall, you gotta help that person get back up. Mm-hmm.